0: Specifically where my parents are from, because I think that was the genesis of my passion for, you know, the love of, uh, you know, different cultures. And also there I was exposed to different cultures as well. And that's when also I realized that uh, one must be very proud of their culture, because when you're outside.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Resi Nawirema. This is Made in African show that brings you through and original stories of Africans in a growing movement highlighting the craftsmanship, creativity, and temporary spirit of African designers, artisans, and businesses.
0: I am the founder of the Africa Fashion and Arts Festival and Miss Culture Global. So, so I am also a businesswoman. This specific standard of what is considered beauty, we must embrace different types of beauty because that's what we are.
1: Where was the event took a place? Was it in Zimbabwe, in Malawi? In Malawi. In today's episode... We are with Rory Niroshaki Kiki Aichi. She is the CEO and founder of Miss Kadisha Grobo, Africa Fashion Art and Festival, Rush Africa Foundation, and the AfriFood food SA Limited.
0: If you look at Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. she went, did a plastic surgery, just so that she can be, you know, uh, have curves. But African women have had curves for years. Most of the African men would prefer what we call in South Africa a yellow bone. Hmm? A yellow bone is a lighter skin And that's why you see a lot of African women Bleaching themselves, which is sad Bleaching themselves so that they can be attractive Because that next thing is to be proud of African culture We don't want to lose our Africanism
1: thank you very much to to join uh, our podcast made in africa podcast you are very happy to talk to you to have you in our studio so to start Lauren, uh let's uh our viewers and listeners know who is loren please can you go ahead and tell us who is Loland? uh who are you yeah
0: oh, okay thank you so much for actually uh, uh bringing me on your podcast i'm excited and uh Yes, uh, my name is Lorraine Kiaich. I am the founder of the Africa Fashion and Arts Festival and Miss Culture Global. So, so I am also a businesswoman, philanthropist under the Lush Africa Foundation. And in business, I do quite uh, a lot. Uh, I have uh, a business called AfriFood. It's our e-commerce website uh, that we're opening the first flagship shop, the physical one. It's like a supermarket, but only with uh, specific You know, nice uh, foods from across the continent that is based in South Africa. So only like uh, would take things that you cannot easily find in the supermarkets of uh, South Africa, like uh, the biggest supermarkets like Woolies, Pick and Pay. So you would find your uh, yam flour from Ghana and Nigeria in our shop. You would find the palm oils. You will find the uh, Ethiopian coffee. You find the Malawian coffee, Tanzanian rice, Malawian rice. You Know specifically those things that you can't find, so that is the afrifoods.co.za. Yes,
1: okay. So, Lauren, uh, back to your life, where did you grow up? Uh, is it in South Africa? Is it in Marawi? So, tell us where did you grow up?
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, growing up, fortunately, my dad was a diplomat, and uh, also, uh, I think I should start specifically where my parents are from because I think that was the genesis of my passion. For or, you know, the love of, uh, you know, different cultures. My mother is Zimbabwean and Mm -hmm. uh, my father grew up, my father is Malawian. So my my dad left Malawi when he was uh, six with my granddad and moved to Zimbabwe. And then he grew up there, went to schools there and uh, met my mom and, you know, (laughs) they got married. (laughs) And then at some point, yeah, at some point uh, he moved back to uh, Malawi because um, he got himself a job within the government uh and at the embassy and then he was uh, moved to uh Malawi and uh, then also uh, at some point in his uh, career he became a diplomat and uh I grew up in Tanzania and uh where I learned my uh, Swahili ah, Apple, you okay. know that, um, <laughs> yeah so uh there also uh because he was a diplomat we had the privilege of uh, going to an international school and um, so that's where also I was exposed to different cultures as well, whether it's uh, you know uh, my best friend, my first best, best friend was from Japan, then Zambia, you know South Africa, I've got friends from Rwanda, my best friend from Rwanda as well, you know. so yeah. we uh, it's 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 a place where I was also exposed to different cultures. So um yes, and then after that, we moved back to Malawi where I finished uh, my high school. And then came to South Africa, and I've loved South Africa ever since. Then I got married in uh, in, at some point, I got married in uh, 2016 and uh, lived in Europe. I, I married a, a Croatian uh guy, and uh, we lived in Netherlands. I've uh, traveled across uh, Europe, and also there I was exposed to different cultures as well. And that's when also I realized that uh, one must be very proud of their culture because when you're outside you where you come from, people, the first. Face- people want to know is uh what sort of food do you guys eat what is how do you say hello in your language because that is what makes you who you are so Mm -hmm. they want to learn about that and uh, that's when I realized that I think we need to be proud of where we're coming from we need to teach others of what our culture is because they are eager to learn they're eager to learn even how to say you know um or how do you say you know, um, this is good in your language. How do you say I'm fine? You know, they want to learn that. What do you eat? What is your favorite food in that country? And that also inspired the business that I mentioned about the Afri food, because I also realized that we are, even though we travel so many places, but there's a time where you feel like you want that home food that you grew up eating. And in some countries, it's hard to find those foods, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, if you look at our, our like, how I grew up in Tanzania, how I grew up in Malawi, Zimbabwe, and then I came to South Africa, I realized the food here is much different. They eat ugali, you know. We Africa is, you know, famous of its ugali. We call it ugali in, uh, you know, the eastern part of Africa. In Malawi and Zambia, they call it in Sima and Shima. In uh, Zimbabwe, it's it Sadza here, it's pap. But it's different. They make it differently, you know, slightly different. But it's the same thing. And, uh, but some other foods, you might not find them and uh so you have to either go to and get or trust those people that are visiting those countries and you ask them can you bring me a b c d e and uh so it's uh it, hence the genesis of afri food was based on that and to see that i might not be the only one with the uh, you know uh, missing my you know tradition food you know mm-hmm. from uh, either mm-hmm. if it's tanzania or malawi or where i grew up um there are others as well, and uh, so hence that uh, business came into mind. Yeah, so that is pretty much uh, who I am and where I grew up. I'm currently uh, I was in Netherlands, as you're aware, I stayed there for two years. Now I'm back in sa in and out, but I'm also in Saudi Arabia.
1: Okay, so then you grown up in those countries, and you went uh... tell us a little bit about your education because you grown up in Tanzania, in Zimbabwe, in Malawi, where the- did you go to primary school, or you have gone to primary school in both countries.
0: Yes, I. That's uh, yes. I did uh, primary school in those countries, and uh, also high school as well. And then uni, I did in the UK. So I did. Um, I started uh, my first one. Obviously, was uh, a diploma in law that was mm-hmm. what my parents thought I would do well
1: <laughs>
0: being a lawyer when i was growing up in uh, tanzania i was more much more interested in the fashion So I started designing and uh, just learning from my, just seeing things on TV. I used to watch a lot of fashion. There was this, uh, I don't know if that channel still exists, but there was fashion TV that was uh, on DSTV when I was growing up. So I used to watch a lot of fashion TV. I watched these international fashion shows and then also music videos that I was watching that influenced a lot of my love for fashion. So I started looking at that and I started designing. Literally, I used to do more fashion events and I had my own models and I was my own model at uh, Laureate International Screen Dice Lab. And um so it started from there where I I started loving fashion through you know the schools I went to and I was exposed to that. And uh so that's the schools I went to. And then um my parents were like you know what you these things will not you know bring you money. You cannot survive on fashion in Mm -hmm. Africa, you know. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, parents, they always want us to be engineers, lawyers, doctors and stuff. So my parents, are uh, being one of the, you know, typical African parents, they also feel like, no, 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 no. You need to place your education in law, which I didn't want. I mean, I th- that was not my passion. I, I did law. I don't practice it now, but I appreciate them because it actually, you know, helps me a lot when especially drafting contracts with what I do, understanding the legal requirements for you know, certain things that I am involved in. So it did help. But then afterwards, I started loving technology. And technology was something that was, yeah. So I pursued also a bachelor's degree in uh, information technology. And that's what I did. And I think uh, at some stage i worked for an it company and mm-hmm. uh, it, yeah so then i quit the it company at the same time when i was uh, working for the it company i also started uh marketing with the this uh professional marketing it's called cim from the uk mm-hmm. Chartered institute of marketing yeah that's what i started and uh just to because as you're growing and then you're knowing that oh wait i think marketing is something that you need to understand for you to be able to market your brand. So I felt like I needed that knowledge and uh, so I studied uh, that and uh, yeah, that's what I did.
1: Ah, that's very interesting. So now, how many degrees do you have if it's not a secret?
0: (laughs) Uh, So I do have... one the other one uh, yeah the degree in uh, bachelor's degree in uh, information technology then the diploma in law and the diploma in uh, marketing
1: mm-hmm. so um Lauren, now that brings me to the question you mentioned how you love the fashion designing when you were in tanzania so when did the idea came to you when you started to to organize when did you were to involved in into miss and uh, contests and the uh, pages when did you be involved in that
0: Okay, so first they started with the fashion, like you said, and uh, with the fashion. Mm-hmm. I then was stopped, like I said, my parents told me to uh, right after high school they just cut my allowances because I used to buy fabrics, <laughs> you know, to design uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, I've made their curtains because my mom had such beautiful fabric for the for her curtains. And you know, uh, you know that time my mom had like different curtains, so she would put like one month she put different curtains around the house, then she put um uh, the next month she wash those and fold them nicely and put them somewhere and bring in other curtains. So for me, I used to either use her curtains to design stuff and they cut off and then <laughs> I'll go get materials so they cut off my allowance to make me stop and concentrate on now after I finish high school on my you know university stuff so after I finished I studied I, I when I was working for this IT company mm-hmm. I I used to get approached for sponsorship uh, by you know others in the creative sector so one of the uh, events I sponsored were the fashion events so I was like why are you guys doing it like this? Mm-hmm. And I think because of also I had traveled a lot and I became more proud of my African heritage, okay? Mm-hmm. So I looked at most of the uh, fashion events that they were just, uh, you know, emulating what was happening in Europe or in New York, like New York Fashion Week, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Paris Fashion Week. It wasn't African enough for me. So as I went to different events after event, I attended SA Fashion Week. I attended the big fashion events that happened in South Africa. In And I was like, wow, you know? So then I said, you know what, let me, because now I can't go back to designing, you know, because I have lost a lot of time and mm-hmm. I might not be as creative as my friends are. So I said, what else can I do in the to play a role in the fashion industry? So I said, let me create the Africa Fashion and Arts Festival. And the reason why even the name says it is because for me, I wanted to embrace, because there's nothing, in, in African celebration, you cannot do anything without music, okay? Mm-hmm. Music is our, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to add music, we need to add arts. that's who we are we are very much creative, if you go anywhere else in the world, we are the ones that are more creative than the others, you know, sorry to say <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, so I think we are very daring in everything that we do, whether it's the dance you know, if you look at the African dance this is the way others dance, we are more free in our dance, we are not very okay, you know, if you look at um, like uh, uh some dances, like for example, some. Uh, or, you know, ballroom dance. It's more, you know, uh, I feel like orderly, you know, like more, you know, structural. We are more free. We can dance, we can move our waist in a way that we just don't care. You know, we 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 can move any part of our bodies, you know. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to music. And then when it comes to fashion, we are also not bounded by anything, you know. We love color, we love di- you know, different uh uh, you know, we don't just go for plain, you know, um fabric. We like to, you know, we're we are just that, you know. So I wanted the event and the show to portray that, but to bring that African out there, you know, and start embracing our culture. You know, so mm-hmm. the Africa Fashion and Arts Festival was the, you know, the first event I started doing. And that, um, when we started doing that, and then I realized that, wait. Where
1: was the, the event took a price? Was it in Zimbabwe, in Malawi? Where was that?
0: In Malawi in 2016. That was the ah, first okay, time we okay. launched uh-huh. Africa Fashion and Arts Festival. And uh-huh. when we launched it, we had different uh, African uh, designers come to Malawi to showcase. But we only did not do that. It was not only the fashion event. So the, the, the structure of the event is very different to those high-end fashion events. Because for us, it's like you, the models will come out, then there'll be performances by African artists, you know, there'll be arts displayed, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So we everything about African is there. The music that these people walk on is not international music like outside uh, Western music. It's very much cultural music, you know, that we play mm-hmm. when the models are walking. You know, they don't walk on those. You know, you know the fashion uh, songs that people use for, for us is African music, you know, that they walk out with, you know. That's, yeah, that's that's uh it's 2016. That's when we we started in Malawi, and grateful enough, we had uh you know countries, other designers come to Malawi to showcase the design. But we also do under the, it's a one week event. So there will be business seminars, workshops, you know, outreach programs, because we also understood the essence of, you know, having mentors, you know, because Mm -hmm. we have in Africa, people ask, ah, you know, we're struggling economically, but how is some people making it big, you know, in the same, you know, industry, some people do not have that access to those people. So we try to bring those people to meet their, you know, and share their stories, their struggling stories and how. they made it big so that other people can also be inspired and you know go through the same path that they have because we use the same we have the same problems so we have to come up with the same solutions as well uh for how have you made it in malawi to be big how have you made it from kenya to be a, a big brand? How have you made it from you know Rwanda to be a big brand globally? And you, mm-hmm. we need to you know share those ideas with those that are upcoming designers. So that is what the show is all about. And also it's about the celebration of the African, everything about African arts.
1: Mm-hmm. So that show, how many editions have you done so far since we started?
0: We did five editions, but we stopped in 2020. Uh, COVID is what uh, messed us up for Mm -hmm. the event and and that's when also now 2020 now we uh, you know everybody was shut down so you're like uh, we can't do the event because now we have uh international designers that they have to come flights are not working you know nobody's moving you know what do we do so that time it took me to now i think i was watching i think i started you know youtube you're like making yourself you know entertain so i was on youtube and i started getting into beauty pageants i'm watching these shows and i'm thinking to myself wait i'm looking at these some of the biggest brands in pageants the top 2 i'm mm-hmm. i'm watching them i'm like wow these Africans, who said to them that this is how what we call beauty in Africa, you Mm -hmm. know? And then I realized, wait, these pigeons are very discriminatory to what we consider as the true African beauty. And so I was like, but how do they change? How can I make them change? I said, no, I can't. All I need to do is create my own platform, you know, whereby now uh, Miss Culture is something that came up. Because remember, for me, everything I do, it has to have something about culture. It has to have, you know, the essence of What is culture in Africa, whether it's food, it's the dance, it's the music, it's the, you know, the practices themselves. And now in this case is what is African beauty? Okay. Mm -hmm. so um, I said, why not? I'm exposed enough to go to different um, countries, not Mm -hmm. only uh, on the continent, but also in Europe. In Europe, I'm dark, petite Mm -hmm. woman. For them, the darker you are, the more beautiful you are. Right? <laughs> you you come to the African continent. Most of the African men would prefer what we call in South Africa a yellow bone. Hmm? Mm-hmm. A yellow bone is a lighter skin, and that's why you see a lot of African women bleaching themselves, which is sad, bleaching themselves so that they can be attractive, because that's in most African men would think a woman who is fair skinned, lighter skin is more attractive. And then you add in the you know the curves, you know. Mm-hmm. And but in Europe they do not embrace the curves, mm-hmm. you know. Hence yeah. why well, you've seen, like, in the past, the, the top pages have never had, you know, bigger women. Now they are, you know, working on that, you know, plus size women. They are working on that. But mm-hmm. um for me, when I started, I said, why not? Who says, uh, you know, short girls are not beautiful, you know? Yeah. Said, and I felt like this, yeah. yeah, we needed to have an empowerment. Because the world is saying, so, so, if you're like this, you're beautiful. What about the other women that are not tall enough? or they are not slim enough, and they are not fair enough. Mm-hmm. But they are mm-hmm. beautiful, you know? So we need to have a, a something that shows that. So I said, no, let's have this thing, whereby we crush all these um, requirements or criteria to say anyone can come on and to say, I can go and represent my country. Whether I am, you know, of a plus size, I've got a B, big curves, you know, I am, you know, dark-skinned, I've got an Afro, you know, anyone can should come. And also... Uh, we've had, us. Uh, I also abolished the, you know, where they say women that don't have kids to mm-hmm. not enter. Yeah. For us, we allow women who have had kids. So we have Miss, we uh, recently, we launched Misses in Malawi. I use Malawi as my pilot uh, base because I am quite comfortable within that uh, sector in Malawi. Mm-hmm. So we launched, last year we launched Misses, which we are going to launch it globally as well. So I said, no, why should uh, women that have had babies and are not married be told they cannot come to this platform and, you know, showcase themselves and their talents and their beauty and their intelligence, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I said, no, let's allow women that have had babies, are not married, become miss because um, we, we should be the ones giving second you know, chances to people. You know, yeah. so that's also one of the things that I wanted to correct in the pageant industry to say uh, the discrimination must stop. You know, There's this specific standard of what is considered beauty, we must embrace different types of beauty because that's what we are. You know, beauty comes in different forms. Beauty in different cultures is different. What is considered beautiful in Africa is different from Europe. It's different from Philippines. It's different from, you know, uh, India and everywhere else. But all these women are beautiful and they must be able to represent these different forms of beauty. To, on this platform. So hence, that's uh, the reasons why we started in um, the Miss Culture Global. And it was during um, COVID that it inspired the idea because of, you know, I had a lot of time on my hands and I looked at, I now looked at the beauty pageant and I realized that something is wrong here. Let's try to correct it. And mm-hmm. we can only correct, I cannot go and say, yo guys, change your criteria, but we can just do create a platform that we can do what we want to do uh, using our own platform.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes me to ask you again. So why do you think actually African women, they are not proud themselves of who they are? What do you think that mentality came from?
0: I think it first it came from the Western part. Like I said, uh, remember some of these things, are uh, Western, uh, I mean, uh, maybe culturally we've, we've had pageants <laughs> in our own way. I don't know, but I, I'm not aware. But I feel like the pigeons came from the Western, uh, you know, uh, civilization. And um, they came with those specifics. So when we look at that, the music videos even that we watch and things, that brings us, oh, okay, so this type of women are very beautiful. I mean, let's face it. If you look at Kim Kardashian, Mm -hmm. she went, did a plastic surgery just so that she can be, you know, uh, have curves. But African women have had curves for years, you know. Now yeah. only curves because, uh, yeah, and only because Kim Kardashian now is popular and now the curves became popular, you know. You see, <laughs> before, I, was, I was like, wait, Beyonce has always been there with her curves, you know. But you know, now you see women going even for surgeries. Uh, this is uh, you know, Caucasian women going for surgeries to have a bigger, you know, um, what we call Nyash in, in South Africa, mm-hmm. so, yeah. I'm like, what is going on to the world? And it only became acceptable to have a bigger Nyash because also who is somewhere there in uh, America, made it cool. But it's always existed in Africa. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like uh, we need to, we, we, hence why now, what, why I was telling you that we need to be proud. You know, we don't have to wait for the Westerners to say this is what is beauty. No, we need to be proud of who we are and show them that we are proud of who we are like this you know, mm-hmm. uh, not to wait for them to tell us that this is what is beauty, you know. So yeah. that's what I think. I think it, we are very influenced and unfortunately, uh, it depresses others. Now we have social media, you know, and yeah. social media now is saying mm-hmm. this is that, that is that, that is that. You know, we need to drive a different narrative, you know, which is African, you know. Uh, yeah. When you go, the darker colors are Western, you know. If you go to London, for example, you much see dark grays and black you know people wearing those you know you don't see we in africa we see color you know we see what 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 you know i bought my mother in law uh, a chitenge a kitenge you call it kitenge in uh, in for yes, in, yes, in, in, yes, yes. uh, in malawi you call it chitenge in zambia chitenge you know yeah i bought her that and when i was buying it they were like but you know um She might not like it because it's too colorful. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is my gift to her. I'm her daughter-in-law. So I brought it and the first thing she saw it, she was like, oh my gosh, this is such a beautiful fabric you know yeah. it was colorful she loved it you know and uh so she was like i can make a summer dress you know mm-hmm. i can make a summer dress out of this i said don't worry my sister does designing or i'll take your measurements and what everything and uh, my sister made a uh, the summer dress that she wears during summer because and everybody when she wears it where did you get this dress from you know so mm-hmm. that shows us that you know our african print. we mustn't be ashamed when we're out there to not wear our african prints we must wear them. They must know us, you know, that, oh, wow, that is an African person there. You know, so we must, you know, be proud of everything about Africa, you know? And we must stop this. Okay, if I'm not uh, speaking good English, then I'm not educated enough, all right? You, mm-hmm. We must be proud because I always um, come across, uh, even on social media, whereby, you know, people are arguing and then someone is arguing in English and then they write bad English grammar or, you know, uh, they are speaking broken English and people are saying, hey, and they laugh. Why are you laughing at English, you know? Because if you go to Europe, most of the European countries don't even use English as the official language. Mm-hmm. If you go to China, Japan, you know, they use their own local languages. And these are well-advanced economies of the world, you know. So what is making them, you know, uh, be advanced economically? It's not English. So why are we thinking English should be a measure of intelligence, you know? So these are things that we need to be proud. If I cannot speak proper English, I will not. And don't shame me you know I am going to I'm proud of my language you know I'm proud of it I mean I was happy that at some point there were discussions around Swahili being the African country uh, you know for others to even learn about it you know also here in South Africa I heard somewhere where they wanted to introduce Swahili as one of the uh, you know uh, languages one can learn in school you know Mm -hmm. imagine if we introduce Swahili in South Africa and then Zulu is introduced in Tanzania and things like that you know and we learn that instead of French instead of Uh, you know, uh, these other languages from, uh, you know, outside Africa. You know? So... We need to start. We need to be proud. We mustn't be having a colonized mind and thinking that if we don't speak good English, then that's good. You know that we're not good enough. If we do not dress this way, we're not good enough. If we if we don't wear our African suits, our safari suits to work, if we are not sure, we're not being presentable. Yeah, that is wrong. You know, in uh, I, I, like South Africa, you know, uh, dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. They've been dreadlocks even in the workplace, even in schools. You know, but you. See that in some African countries, if your child is wearing dreadlocks, dreadlocks is a very African cultural, uh, you know, style. You know, it's what we embrace. It's how we keep our hair. You know, so they don't allow dreadlocks. But in in South Africa, they have abolished that. They say, no, this is our heritage. You know, this is how uh, we keep our hair. Let's embrace that. Let's embrace the safari suits. Let's embrace the kitenge outfits or, uh, you know, in the workplaces. We can have, you know, wear the African, you know, suits to work, to our business conferences, to our, you know, political conferences that happens in Europe as well. We can wear that, you know, and we must be proud. Why must we wear dress in a certain way? you know Mm -hmm. so that is uh when we are proud then we'll be embracing ourselves and we'll look at ourselves with positively than to say oh who is influencing who says why are we not proud of ourselves it's because we ourselves are saying women that are not light-skinned are not beautiful and you're making now women feel so depressed that they have to now bleach their skin so mm-hmm. that's how I can respond to your question.
1: Yeah. So um now let's check the miscarriage. So now miscarriage is going on. Uh how do you think women are benefiting from miscarriage? What's the impact do you think miscarriage is bringing to women uh sustainability?
0: Okay. So the firstly let's touch on the objectives of uh, why why we have um Miss Culture, why we actually started the event, uh, uh, what I call an empowerment program, rather Mm -hmm. than the beauty pages. Um, Like I said, Malawi has always been a pilot for me, a pilot uh, space for me. Uh, Try something there, if it works, then bring it out. So with Miss Culture, I looked at Malawi. I looked at Africa. What is the most, the biggest thing that we value as Africans? You know, because the Western concept of a beauty pageant in most African countries, they've uh, not. At- Accepted it. Mm. Either they perceive it as a you know a prostitution ring you know a you know where people are just bringing these beautiful girls to prostitute them to the politicians or big businessmen. It's it's a, it's an image that is uh, was there in Malawi mm. as well, whereby you know these uh, these girls that do these are uh, immoral, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah for me i was like wait but you know when they say you're well-cultured you know this is a traditional girl they say she's well-mannered right so mm-hmm. i said yeah so why not use the same you know culture and misculture and then bring it uh and in this space now mm-hmm. uh second thing now what do we bring something that is valued by a lot of People. So I realized the first thing was education. Education is more valid. You know, we Africans, we love education so much. When you finish your degree, people ask, hi so are you going for your master's? Yes. And then you want to go <laughs> get your master's. And then, oh, okay, now I'm gonna be a doctor, hey, doctor with a PhD. Huh? That's what we love. We love education. So I realized that to penetrate people's minds and understand, let them understand that what we're doing is not what they think is to now get these beautiful girls, be educated. So we scored a scholarship agreement with one of the local universities in Malawi. We have now, we said the ultimate prize is that scholarship, Mm -hmm. you know. And when we started, even when I was talking to the president of the university, when I was asking the president of the university Mm -hmm. that I would like to talk to him about a a possible partnership Mm -hmm. to have the winners of the Miss Culture to be able to get a scholarship. He looked at me and said, Lorraine, ah, what? I'm like, yeah. And then he says, we have a certain criteria to for the university entrance. I'm like, give me the criteria. I'll put it as one of the, you know, uh, criteria for us as well. What do you want? What pass do you want for the national uh, secondary uh, certificate? You know, so mm-hmm. he did. And then that's what we did. And um, the first queen that we crowned in Malawi who is graduating this year, she asked her class. Mm-hmm. You know, she is a brilliant mind and when she entered she was scoring the first uh, you know position in her you know uh, uh classes and that's when even the dean was like the wow so this queen can actually she's actually smart so you see now we not only stopped that uh, perception misconception of uh, beautiful girls are prostitutes but also that beautiful girls cannot be smart all right so mm-hmm. when we did that we had a, every time now when we have uh we are launching the new uh you know uh, the pageant every year we get more parents even interested in sending the girls to our pageant because they've realized that we are not only just doing the pageant but it's an actual empowerment program for women mm-hmm. and with the Misses, we have been lucky also where we launched last year in Malawi that the winner got land as her prize and uh the reason being us we focused on land or a basket. Loan, which uh, unfortunately we didn't get it in Malawi, but we wanted yeah. to partner with a, a bank that would give this woman a loan, a business loan. And our idea behind that was that let's, because employment rates in Africa is high, you know? Yeah. So we looked at how do yeah. we play a role in uh, reducing that? Unemployment rate is very high. So we said, okay, if we give a loan to a woman, but not only a loan. So we had already done by partners who are good at, uh, who work as, uh, you know, or do their trade in financial advising you know uh marketing we so we had two firms that were they are big in marketing as well as uh, another firm that does financial management financial literacy and stuff and they had accepted that when if you get this loan we will train these people guide them every quarter we sit down with them and say how is your business doing what did you do okay what are the challenges this is how you you know um deal with your challenges and these are the uh strategies that you can apply into what you're doing you know and uh, so we felt like that would have enabled more women to have their own businesses but even in the next two years start to employ others as well as their business grow so um, that is that then the land issue was that you know in African culture women are not considered as, uh, especially when we go into the rural areas now. Mm -hmm. Land is mostly owned Mm -hmm. by men, okay? Yeah. And and we see a lot of, uh, you know, women not playing a vital role when it comes to certain things, like uh, even in the mining sectors, uh, technology, science and technology sectors. And for us, we were like, no, let's... um, start pushing women encourage more women to be owning such like land you know owning business like in mining and you know mining businesses and stuff which is big in SA as well you know mm-hmm. so we said no let's do that so when we introduced because when we were introducing Mrs. Carl malawi mm-hmm. a lot of people we were because we introduced something then we are still talking to our possible partners to say can you give us this can you partner with us on this one you know and mm-hmm. uh, so when we did a lot of people men were like I cannot let my wife parade on stage. But we don't parade uh, in bikini. Bikini, we find it to be a Western concept. So it's not we've been, we've stopped, uh, we don't do bikini. We're non-bikini pageant. And um, we have introduced sports, sportswear Mm -hmm. because we also want to, you know, encourage and promote more health and uh, fitness awareness in in Africa. So we actually did not get what we wanted for the loan. But when we started uh, advertising, we had a lot of negative feedback from especially husbands who Mm -hmm. were saying I will not allow my wife to go on stage and parade herself, you know? Mm -hmm. So then we now made an announcement what the lady will be winning land. Oh my gosh, you should have seen. And at that point, we have closed our, you know, entrances, everything done. Those that registered were about maybe seven. It was, no, it was 14, sorry, 14. Then we trimmed them to seven. So um, at that point, when we have just announced the land, the men also were like, ah, can't my wife apply? I'm like, wow, you see? So now we have given, we're giving something that they value a lot. Now they are seeing that, okay, this is a respectable, you know, um, pageant. And uh, my wife can go and, you know, be what she want to be, you know? So we did that. And uh, we now get a lot of uh, support from uh, the husbands, from the fathers of these uh, ladies that are, are, are entering these pageants, you know? And uh, slowly we're changing that. And uh, hence why I'm saying that the empowerment part comes from there you know mm-hmm. and that is what miss culture is all about it's that mm-hmm. and uh we hope that we have a lot of uh you know bigger plans for the next five years and we do hope we get proper and uh strategic partners that will enable us to you know uh, achieve what our vision
1: so that will be my last question actually to ask you the future of uh, the miss culture but uh, now back to some of your life uh, so you have mentioned you are married so how does your husband cope with you organizing events and culture Does your husband doubt about you doing that? He supports you.
0: I would have been divorced by now if he wasn't supporting <laughs> me. <laughs> no, I have to say, I think when you're, sometimes you wonder why things happen and why you do them. I feel like I do I was called for this by maybe the greater powers the God God himself called me to do this because I will tell you this it sometimes things come to me effortlessly you know mm-hmm. and that is including uh I think with my husband I was given a husband that is very understanding he's european uh, a lot of people think because he's like that but I, I doubt it I've seen african men supporting their women I travel a lot mm-hmm. okay and like uh when I go to a place especially with the I stay minimum weeks okay Mm -hmm. so he is also up and down with what he does okay like he's now in Saudi Arabia he Mm -hmm. understands with what I do it will be quite very challenging for me to settle in in Saudi because Mm -hmm. of their Muslim laws right so yeah so he is very understanding that at this point we're looking at maybe you should move to Dubai or Bahrain, you know, because it's more, you know, uh, less restrictive on women. And uh, so I have to say, one, he is very, 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 very supportive, you know, in what I do financially and mentally and everything, you know, he's very supportive and um he totally also does not understand what i do <laughs> mm. oh it <laughs> <laughs> does not i mean he's my husband is a proper nerd Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a proper proper nerd he's a civil structural engineer mm. okay a highly very intelligent man you know mm-hmm. and so he he's never been exposed to the fashion industry okay mm-hmm. when like in south africa when we were staying here in south africa i would say oh let's go to SA Fashion Week. And then the first time he, he went with me mm-hmm. and he was like, because, you know, SA Fashion Week is a proper, I can say, you know, kind of like like those big uh European, it's back to back, a designer walk in and out of, uh, you know, like there's not, you know, there's nothing happening. It's just in and out, back to back, you know, one designer to another. You know, my fashion event is more of an entertainment. It's like you get someone, it's a two, three designers will walk out, then there'll be performances, music performances, does performance, the poetry performance, you know, so it's more entertaining. So if you are not into the actual fashion, you would still enjoy the event. So he was like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, we're done. I'm like, yeah, it's done. It's like, how? Oh, they were walking even so fast; you can't even see the clothes nicely. How are you gonna buy them? I was yeah. like, yeah, you know. So he said, oh, I don't, I don't. And then in Europe, I was invited to some beauty pageant. I uh-huh. took him. I was like, you gotta come with me. He's like, you know, I don't like those things. I'm like, just come. You gotta support me and come with me. And then he sits down there. He's looking. He's like, but tell me something. Why are these women parading themselves and thinking and? competing to be the most beautiful girls. All of them are beautiful. And, And so I'm like, you know what there's something else behind so he, he really does not understand um these things but i love the fact that he knows and appreciates that that's what makes me happy and he supports it so he doesn't have any um objective uh in terms of when i say oh i'm invited to nigeria you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna go be a judge there in nigeria or i'm gonna i'm going to uganda to be a judge actually it was i went from amsterdam to south africa then to, to uganda to judge you know and mm-hmm. uh he was like oh i I always wanted to visit Uganda and you're going because you're doing this thing that is interesting but he's not uh, he's he's a totally in terms of uh, the difference in in the passion that I have for this he totally doesn't have that passion the same passion he just knows that that's what makes his wife very happy it drives me and he is very supportive in terms of uh, what I do he asks questions he wants to know what's going on who are meeting and what 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 and the best thing is that a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: My husband,
0: literally, even if he's not around me, when mm-hmm. I say I have, I'm have, i going to Nigeria, I'm going to this event, to these awards, he asks me, can I see the dress that you're wearing? Then I say, okay, mm-hmm. video call. I show him. He says to me, oh, that one is not showing your legs. You need to show your legs more. You've got beautiful legs. you know? Oh, that's he's, interesting. He's, yes, he is. He's definitely my stylist funny thing because even when we're shopping he said to me no you need you know me i'm a petite woman so my curves are petite so he wants me to <laughs> wear something <laughs> my, he, he wants me to wear something uh tight so that the curves are shown You I'm know. Shown. so he always says well, <laughs> yes he always says why are you wearing if i'm going to when i'm parking to go to his country or you know he says no we're nicely you know dressed like this dressed like that you know because he's, 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 he's uh, very proud of me, you know, and he always, you know, um, try to dress me, even though he doesn't understand the fashion, but he knows like, okay, this is the body and I must be proud of my body and show it off, you know? So he's very supportive in every kind of way. And I, I have to say, like I was saying in the beginning that God gives us people that will enable our dreams, you know? So I think that is, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Some, true. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so he helps out some of the because of his job as a structural uh engineer. Mm-hmm. He has helped me come up with the most crazy stages I've I've created. You know, like we did a uh, when I was doing the Africa Fashion and Arts Festival, we did a ramp over the pool. You know, without having supports in between the both sides. You know, he's the one who did that. He said, "No, I work on suspension bridges." I'm like, "What are suspension bridges?" And then he shows. Me. I said, "Yes, it, I want something like that." He says, "Okay, I'm going to do it." And designed, did the calculations, and I worked with a local carpenter and uh, welder in Malawi mm-hmm. and we created the stage you know so he also supports me when it comes to such things like structural things that I when it comes to stage ideas I've got some crazy ideas so he helps out in terms of that applying his uh, knowledge in his professional knowledge to what I do as well he helps out
1: mm-hmm. oh that's so nice that's so nice of you guys seems you are understanding uh, each other very well which I think is very uh, good when you have a partner sometime you live apart sometime you are together sometimes yeah. you travel so to trust each other so uh, we are almost heading to the end of our today's episode. So, Rorin, what challenges have you encountered so far since you have been doing uh, the career of fashion and uh, miscarriage and uh, events in general as a woman? What challenges have you encountered so far?
0: Well, the first challenge as a woman, obviously, like a married woman, is uh, the, the time I spent apart with my husband. And um, it's tough. But, like I said, he appreciates and uh, you know supports and same here, I also appreciate and support him in terms of what he's doing because he's also up and down with his career so that's one challenge is uh to live apart it's a it's quite a challenge um because sometimes when i'm tired i'm used to him bringing me tea to bed like when i come home i'm tired you know i'm wearing high heels the whole day he's the one who rubs my feet you know like oh honey you you're tired come let me give you a foot massage so those are the challenge one of the biggest challenges i can say that as a married woman to live apart from your husband the second thing is now when we it comes to these things that we're doing there are certain uh corporations in africa that do do not understand beauty pageant and do not support in terms of uh, funding so that is uh the other thing and the other thing is that we need more government uh, of africa to support the creative sector i like for example in south africa the south african government can fund they are designers. That's why you see a lot of South Africans doing big things outside because we Africans, economically, we already have the challenge. So if we have governments that would support us, like even paying for our flights, you know, to go somewhere to showcase our talent, to go to Europe, to, you know, participate in some of the events happening globally, you know. That will help us a lot in terms of, uh, you know, creating a bigger impact, you know, outside there and showcasing what is Africa has to, to offer to the world. You know, so um, th- those are the two. And the three is the minds We need a mindset change when it comes mm-hmm. to fashion. And uh, because, like I said to you in the beginning, that when I was growing up, my parents did not even think that someone can be able to make money and mm-hmm. even be able to travel because of fashion. You know, so we always push our kids to say, go pursue uh, a law degree, go pursue, um, you know, uh, engineering or uh, degree. You know, we we need to now start looking at the world has changed quite a lot. You know, we need to be innovative and we need to allow our kids to be innovative. You know, and if only that is how we can, you know, become better and have a, you know, a global advantage a competitive advantage that we can have for you know for us in the global you know uh, space so those are the three things i would say we have seen as a challenge and because i get uh, kids saying i want to participate but you know can you please talk to my mom can you please talk to my dad you know so mm-hmm. these are the mm-hmm. things that we see as challenges the lack of funding okay mm-hmm. uh for change of mindset also needs to happen and uh yeah let's support you know even not only is the support from the corporates but also ourselves individuals you know we like to say oh Nicki minaj is coming to africa and what's end? we all go but when we are doing our own local events, we get less of people supporting us coming and buying tickets and saying oh this ah but you know this this that that no we need to have that support in every way you know that we can let's support each other so uh, those are that the challenges I would say.
1: That is very interesting, actually, to listen how uh, the some our governments, in the, like South Africa government, is supporting uh, fashion. dinner. so yeah, you are right. We need uh, African governments to support um, uh, the creative industry. So Lauren, what's your favorite food? By the way, it seems you have been traveled to many countries. So
0: I think um, my favorite food anyone will tell you is that it's um you know i don't know if you're familiar with any dried fish
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah i am yeah
0: yeah it's uh, you know dried fish is quite not common like in south africa it's not a, they don't have dried fish um dried fish is very common around uh you know uh zimbabwe malawi uh you know uh the uh, western part of africa you know but mm-hmm. It's not here. So for me, I would say my favorite food is dried fish. I love it and I usually crave for it and I usually try to always have it with me. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, with ugali, sea, anything, you know, that's, that is my, it has to come with that. And also you have to add in a bit of vegetables, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it, those green vegetables that we have where you can even pluck them from the forest, you know, from the yeah. bushes, those ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that is what I I could say is my favorite food, because at some point when I went to uh, Croatia, my mother-in-law even is aware that I love that food. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he, she, they don't have that. So they they asked me, like, what's your favorite food? I want to make you a favorite food. I looked at it, I said, no, you cannot. <laughs> where can I find <laughs> this and then we ended up using polenta polenta is a very popular among europeans uh it's a yellow type of uh you know ugali flour
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know so they usually make it as a porridge so for me i told her no I we make this and she's like no there's polenta but it's yellow so i said no that can do so we <laughs> went and then she made me beef stew and then i said to her next time i'll bring you okra because okra also i love okra and mm-hmm. uh so she i next my next trip i brought okra and she loved it, and to the point now, she actually, you know, uh, has some in her garden because I brought her some seeds. So that is my favorite food, I, I would say.
1: Ah, that's so amazing. So um, always we ask our guests to send a message to people, especially women like you, send a message to women. But before we send a message to women, um, where are you seeing Miss Karicha in? The, you said what's your plan in the five years? And what do you think people should know? And what do you think people should be involved in the next five-year plans of Culture?
0: Firstly, I think our five-year plan for us is to be a formidable... Uh pageant, you know, one of the top five in the world, like you've noticed already bigger pageants are making bigger changes that, you know, uh, things that we've been embracing. You know, Uh, you saw the recent Miss World, there was a plus-size model, you know, so which is good. So, but we ourselves, we want to be that change maker and uh, we already are making, you know, strides towards that, being more, uh, you know, uh, allowing different types of women to participate on our platform. So that is one thing that uh, I want to urge everyone that will want to participate, whether you want a franchise or your country to be able to, you can apply. We have our website, Ms. Culture, global.org then we are also on uh, facebook instagram you can come you know uh let's do this together uh if you're proud of your culture if you're proud of your who you are and uh, for us beauty is in different forms and every woman is beautiful and that's one thing i want to tell also the women that don't let anyone tell you you're not beautiful enough okay or you're not capable enough of doing what you think you can do go ahead and do that you know um, we usually as especially women because emotionally we are seem to have, uh, you know, we more base our decisions on emotions. So we need to be strong enough to not allow you know uh especially the bleaching sorry i'm saying that i don't like bleaching <laughs> i'm not um, an advocate don't like bleaching and i feel like let's leave our melanin on intact women you know mm-hmm. do not allow a man to change you your physical attributes to make them thin if they want such a type of woman let them go find that woman somewhere else don't change for your man okay Embrace your beauty because there's a Mm man that is going to embrace that beauty, you know, uh, they will embrace it. So we need to create, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of dark models now. I've seen on Instagram, you know, darker models that are being proud of their skin, showing their skin that this is dark. I am beautiful in this way, you know, let's let's continue on that path, you know, Uh, so to there is nothing a woman cannot do please go ahead you want to study uh, mechanical engineering go ahead and do that you want to have a business in mechanical engineering oh that is uh you know mining or oh, you know go ahead and find out research do research and find out about that you know you can do anything so don't let anyone stop if you and also husbands if or boyfriends or whatever support your women trust your women you know and support them you know because uh, well, i always say we are the custodians of the next culture the next generation you know comes from women and we need to support uh, women so that they're able to even preserve some of our cultural values. And the uh, next thing is to be proud of African culture. We don't want to lose our Africanism, you know. We don't want to lose it, you know. We must embrace ourselves. And, uh, you know, our civilization always started in Africa. The human race started in Africa. And we need to show that we started this and we need to be happy. We need to be proud of, of ourselves and uh, our cultures, you know. Uh, we got to be proud of our food, you know. If I'm in Europe and I feel like I need Ugali, I'm going to eat Ugali in front of any European and I'm going to eat it with my hands and be proud of my culture.
1: Oh, that's so nice. So, René, thank you very much. Thank you so much for giving us the time to talk to fashion lovers in Africa, talk to women, to inspire women. Thank you for being with us in made the Africa show. And we hope to see you in the next episode.
0: Thank you, Celestine, for having me as well. And uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. And uh, bye for now.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening our episode. See you next time with your host, Celestine Awidem.